Hi and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I am the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation in Maryland. This week we take a look at Parshat Chukat. Parsha starts off with a discussion of the laws of impurity and the use of the Para Aduma, the famous red cow, to purify those who have come in contact with the dead. The rest of the Parsha engages with stories that are all about contact with the dead. Right? It's stories of the death of the passing of Moshe, or the passing of Miriam and Aaron, battles with Canaan and Sichon and more. Chukat offers us an interesting commentary on the mortal state that we find ourselves in. Here is Parshat Chukat in seven parts. Part 1. Zot Chukat HaTorah God speaks to Moshe and Aaron, telling them that the laws of the Parah Aduma, the red cow used to purify those who are impure, from contact with a dead body, with someone who's been deceased. The red cow must be an animal that has never had a yoke upon its back, and it must be completely red. The cow is given to Elazar HaKawain and is taken outside the camp and slaughtered there in front of him. Elazar takes the cow's blood and sprinkles it seven times towards the Mishkan. The cow is then burned, and the Kohen adds cedarwood, hyssop, and a crimson thread to the fire. The Kohen washes his clothes, bathes his body, and will be impure until the evening comes. The same cleansing process is done by the person who burns the cow. Another person gathers the ashes of the cow and places them in a safe, pure place. This person also must purify themselves. Anyone who is impure from, the contact, from contact with a dead body shall wash themselves with water on day three and day seven and then will become pure with the passing of the seventh day. If a person doesn't follow this process, they violate a command in the Torah. Any contact with the deceased, direct or indirect, must go through this purification process. And so ends part one. Part two. The person or item who is impure should be sprinkled with red cow ashes that have been mixed with water on the third and the seventh day of their purification process. On the seventh day, the person washes their clothes, immerses in the mikveh, and becomes pure in the evening once the day passes. If someone impure does not perform the ceremony, they will be cut off from the nation of Israel. The Torah now shifts. It tells us that the Israelites come to the wilderness of Tzin, where Miriam dies and their source of water dries up. Rashi chapter 20 verse 1 points out that the verse that says the entire community arrives, the entire nation arrives, indicates that the last generation, the generation that sinned with the spies, had all died out. The sin of the spies was now part of history. The Israelites complained against Moshe because of their lack of water, claiming it would have been better to die with the last generation. Moshe and Aaron fall on their faces, and God's glory appears to them. And so ends part two. Part 3 Kach 
God said to Moshe to take his stick, gather the Israelites and his brother Aaron in front of a particular rock. Moshe should then order this rock to produce water, and it will. It will produce enough water for the entire people and their livestock. Moshe gathered everyone, and rather than speaking to the rock, rather than instructing it to produce water, Moshe famously hits the rock. Water comes forth. God said to Moshe and Aaron that they had not listened to his instructions and therefore did not sanctify God in front of the Israelites. Because of this, neither Moshe nor Aaron will be able to enter the land of Israel. Rashi chapter 20 verse 13 points out that the sanctification that took place here was the sacrifice of Moshe and Aaron, as opposed to the original plan in which the sanctification of God's name would happen through Moshe commanding the rock to bring forth water. And so ends part three. Part four. By Yishlach Moshe Malachim Mikadesh al-Melech Edom. Moshe now sends messengers to the king of Edom, requesting safe passage through their lands. He reviews the Israelites' brief history and, and invokes the familial connection when making the request. Edom refuses the request, threatening war if they attempted to pass through. Moshe makes a second attempt at this request, insisting that the Israelites will use no produce of the land and Edom refuses passage rights again. Rabbeinu Bachia, chapter 20, verse 19, points out that initially Moshe wants to pass through the urban centers of Edom. When Edom refuses the suggestion, he goes back and says, you know what, we'll avoid the urban centers. Let us just pass through what was an international highway of sorts. And the Israelites will even pay for any water they drink from any of the streams, seemingly free water they would pay for. This too was refused. And so ends part four. Part five. Vayisu mekhadesh vayavau b'nei Yisrael kol har hahar. The Israelites journeyed from Kardesh and arrived at Mount Har. God said to Moshe and Aaron that it was time for Aaron to die. He instructed Moshe and Aaron, Eleazar, to climb together Mount Har. God instructed Moshe to remove the priestly clothes off Aaron's shoulders and place them on Eleazar's. Moshe did as God commanded. He removed Aaron's clothes and placed them on the shoulders of his nephew upon Eleazar's shoulders, and there Aaron died on top of the mountain. Moshe and Eleazar come down from the mountain, and the entire Israel mourn for 30 days for the passing of Aaron. The Canaanite king hears that the Israelites were making their way to the Promised Land, and so he went out to war against the Israelites. Israel prayed for victory, committing the spoils of war to God, and God made them victorious. The Israelites now travel from Mount Har, avoiding the land of Edom, and the people of Israel grow uneasy. The people complain about the lack of food and water. 
God sent a swarm of snakes against the people. Many people were bitten by these snakes and died. The people will come to Moshe recognizing their sin, seeking Moshe's intervention. God says to Moshe to make a snake out of copper, place it on a stick. Anyone bitten will recover when they gaze at that snake. Moshe did so, and it was an effective remedy to the poison of these snakes. And so ends part five. Part six. Vayisu b'nei Yisrael v'yachanu ba'ovot. Vayisu me'ovot v'yachanu b'iyei ha'avarim. The Israelites traveled from a boat. They left a boat and then they traveled to Iyei Habarim in the wilderness of Moab. From there they traveled to Wadi Zered and then to Arnon, which is the boundary between Moab and the Amorites. The Torah now shares a brief tribute by the Israelites for all the miracles that they experienced. And then Israel sings a song celebrating this momentous occasion, celebrating what seemed to be the conclusion of their wanderings, the conclusion of their journey. So ends part part seven. The Yishlach Yisrael Malachim El Sichon Melech HaOmori Leimar. Israel now sends messengers to Sichon, the king of the Amorites, with the following message. Let us pass through your land. We won't use any of your resources. Sichon, <laughs> he was not into the idea and he did not give Israel the right to pass. Rashi chapter 21 verse 1 comments that the Torah here states that it was Israel who sends the messengers. And in Devarim 2.26, it states that Moshe was the one who sent the messengers to Sichon. Rashi says that from this we learn there is no difference between a leader of a generation and his people. They are one and the same. Israel now battles with Sichon and defeats him in war. They possess his land. They occupy his cities. Moshe now sends out spies to scout out Jazer, which they successfully capture. Israel marches on to Bashan and was met by Og on the battlefield. God tells Moshe not to fear Og and the Israelites strike down Og and his sons and destroy Bashan's people. And so ends part seven and so ends Parshat Chukat. Thank you so much for joining us on Parsha Napad and in reviewing Parshat Chukat with us. Here is one final thought. Harav Aaron Lichtenstein of Blessed Memory, the founding Rosh Hashiva of Yeshivat Har Etzion, suggests that the act of hitting the rock versus speaking to the rock was simply a missed opportunity. There was nothing inherently wrong in hitting the rock, except for the fact a greater Kiddush Hashem could have been made by Moshe. It's the missed opportunity that then forces Moshe and Aaron to miss the opportunity of going into the Promised Land. Thus is the nature of the mitzvah of a Kiddush Hashem. It's not if you don't do it, all is equal, don't worry about it. If you don't do it and you miss the opportunity, all is unequal and things need to be evened out. This is perhaps why we recite Kaddish upon the passing of a person. That person can no longer make a Kiddush Hashem. He or she misses all of the opportunities ahead of them. And so we recite Yiskadal v'yiskadash, Shemei Rabbah, 
may we continue to make a Kiddush Hashem in their memory. Thank you again for joining us for this review of Parshat Chukat. My name is Rabbi Yechiel Shaffer. If you've enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. Please review or rate us on your podcast platform. Share us and subscribe to us. This has been Parshat Chukat. This has been Parsha on Epod.